Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hey Lugo, we have a new opening theme. It was created by Afterbirth Monkey, and it sounds exactly like this. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Please hang up and try again. Grab a slice of the epic pie cast. Don't stick it in your mouth. Put it in your ear holes now. Ladies and gentlemen, Nelson, Lugo, and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Pie Cast, episode 15. I am your host, Nelson Lugo. And I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. What are you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm trying on a new voice. Is it? <laughs> it's, it was scary, wasn't it? Didn't it sound rugged? Uh, that's not a word I would use to describe it. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll take it then. You, <laughs> you sound like that movie announcer voice. Um, In a world filled with movies. This summer. <laughs> you sound like that movie guy. Oh, I don't have the voice for that job. I wish I did. <laughs> I envy people with those those rich, uh, bassy, but kind of gravelly voices like that. Like the, well, the, 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 the movie announcer yeah. guy. Apparently, hard living, smoking, and drinking gets you those voices. Well, then I'm on my way. I'll, you are well on your way. I'll probably have yeah. that voice in a few years. Yeah, you got to give it time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so impatient. I know, I know. But the but the movie voice guy, he's an old man. He's not a young guy. He's not a spring chicken. Well, there's a few of them. Well, I mean, but the one that we all know and love. Yeah. You know, he's a hard living man in a world where drinking and smoking gets you paid. So, but there it is. Hey, welcome back. Hey, it's so great to be back. I know. How long has it been? Uh, it has been two months. Listen, listener, <laughs> to our devoted listener, I would just like to say, we didn't, we took last month off. There was no October episode. No. We took the month off. We didn't even post an announcement about it. No. I don't think either of us posted a single thing on any social media. Like, hey gang, sorry, there's not going to be an episode this month. No. Uh, so no. sorry about checking out on you like that. Well, to be fair, we were not only incredibly busy, but we were also on the road. You were. Well, I mean, yeah, but we, you know, we, you, you had just finished your album. So you were, so you were doing all of the sort of final stuff for that. We had Nerdapalooza mm-hmm. that we were at, which we're going to talk about now, I guess, because... That's because we are now officially talking about it. right and uh, uh, and then yeah and then I was then I was on the on the road doing like a little mini tour of Central Florida 
Right. So, you know, there's a lot on our plates. And that was, you know, in the later half of October. So we decided we were going to take the month off for episode uh, 14. Right. Which is when we instead turned out worst episode ever. No, no. That was Gone Fishing. Oh, that was Gone Fishing. Yes. Worst episode ever. Worst episode ever was before Gone Fishing. Wow. We are professionals, aren't we? Yes, we are. So that episode, we <laughs> that one we threw together at the last minute because we thought we were going to take the month off. Right. We keep telling the Nerdy Show guys, hey, we're going to take a month off. We just need like a break. Right. And then we didn't do it. No, we still recorded an hour-long episode to explain why we weren't doing an episode. <laughs> right. Last month, we just couldn't be bothered with that. Well, I mean, we, we just the timing didn't work out. I wasn't, I wasn't around. We, we just got really busy. We couldn't have done it beforehand. Just too many, th- too many obstacles were in the way. But we're here now. So, gosh, so much has happened. Let's get, let's get the big stuff out of the way first. Right. Um, Your album has landed. My album was finally released. This is old news for y'all. Yes. Because that album came out but here's a, here's over a, a month ago. It came out on October 7th. Well, let's, let's talk about this, though. Okay. Um, you, you, you've talked about it uh, a lot on many other podcasts and many other shows. Um, you've performed it live a couple of places. Um, and you've had tremendous amount of feedback, all pretty universally positive feedback yeah. um, for your album. Now that you have released it and how have nothing to do, uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about it? Like, are you, are, I mean, are, are you ambivalent about it? Are you proud of it? Um, are you kind of like thinking, are you second guessing it now? Like you could go, you could have gone back and done something better. Like, where are you now? I'd say between the, the, the period between completing all of the production and its release was when I started second guessing all of it because I had been so deeply entrenched in all of the details of just getting it completed and getting it done and getting all the ducks in a row that I had kind of stopped thinking about the actual content of it. And it wasn't Uh until it was really out of my hands and it was off at the plant and I couldn't change anything again. I started listening back to the masters. What up Michael kill for mastering my record. And I was listening to him and, and I was then realizing, am I really releasing this to the public? <laughs> what have I done? Like I had a, I had this pipe dream two years ago and then I focused everything I could and put blinders on, focused everything onto it, worked on it nonstop. And then I had that moment. I had a few weeks before there was any feedback where I started, I started kind of panicking a little bit and was like, Maybe I don't really want to tell my audience all of this stuff. But uh, well, too late. Um, yeah, it was too late then. Uh, and I was like, I just <clears throat> then, so I shifted directly into bracing for everybody on the internet hating me. Uh, <laughs> well, much much to your own popular uh, opinion. I have to say, uh, I I was very, and I mean this genuinely. I was, I have been incredibly surprised by how positive and supportive everybody has been about the record by and large it's it's almost universally people have said nice things about it yeah i I haven't i haven't uh i haven't heard a single um sort of a a, a gratuitously negative comment about your album i mean there are probably some people who, who take issue with you know certain nitpicky stuff but by and large everything i've read so far uh seems to be really really complimentary of you and the work yeah it's it's been it's i without as to run the risk of sounding uh trite or insincere <laughs> it's it's i i've been it's been very touching how how sure. nice this especially this one more than any other records I've, right. i mean i always like it if i release something and people are nice to me it's kind of the point of having an audience i guess sure um but since this one it was almost practically designed to alienate an audience <laughs> and was so 
is so kind of uh, uncomfortable at times and, and dark and semi autobiographical uh, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It still, it doesn't change the fact that I felt very um, sort of naked and vulnerable giving this to the public and Absolutely. was, was expecting, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just always kind of braced for the worst. And so I was expecting people to be really disappointed huh. and uh, people have been very nice. So I feel um, I now that there has been that feedback because it was just me listening to it for months in my darkened apartment alone in headphones. <laughs> now I can say I feel very good about my new record, Sick Passenger. It is available now for my Bandcamp page and iTunes and CD Baby and Amazon, shapeofthedarklord.com and everywhere. Go get it. <laughs> uh, you know what? And, and I actually have um, my own sort of two cents about um, sort of like the universal appeal. Because I think ultimately like any good piece of, I'm going to call it theater because you, what, what you've crafted is actually a narrative. It's a, it's a story that has a beginning, middle and end with a rising action and a resolution. So as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I view it and listen to it like it's a piece of theater. And like, and like any good theater, theater transcends, you know, like the transformative power of theater. You're, Peace. Yeah, you're talking about you in in in, in personal and exaggerated uh, uh, tones, but ultimately, your stories are everybody's stories. You know, like the the things you talk about are the same things that people struggle with um, everywhere, and and you know, particularly people who who you know do embrace pop culture tend to be a bit more either you know. Uh, either really introverted or really extroverted in weird ways mm -hmm. or um, addicts of some kind of thing, whether it's a substance or an ideology, you know? And so a lot of these themes, at least for me, spoke to me personally, like I've never taken an illegal drug in my life. And yet, you know, I can identify with that kind of, you know, uh, uh, addiction and hitting bottom and, you know, the, the kind of needing it to to get through the day kind of thing, and so, uh, you know, I think, I, th I think, you know, it, it's it's d it's definitely different than anything I've heard in the quote unquote nerdcore scene, and it's I think I think the kudos are certainly well earned. Well, thank uh, you very much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a goal was to I wanted to tell my story but keep it vague enough that people could sort of project their own experiences onto it and still. I don't know. Remember that time that they also had a total dick for a therapist. <laughs> you know, I've also, I've described the therapist, the the doctor, the yes. character, the character that's known as the doctor, who was so skillfully voice acted by. Oh yeah. I've I've referred oh, to the doctor so as as dickish um, because that was kind of the point. <laughs> Going back and listening to it uh, a few more times, I realized like actually my character is a bit more of a dick than. than yeah, she was. So. Yeah, I mean, she's she she's definitely. I mean, the way she's written is definitely a no nonsense, pragmatic uh, character who who just is really interested in the facts of the case rather than your personal opinion about it. Um, but I think it just plays well with you know the dynamic that you that you created there. So I'd say the main complaint that I have received. Yeah. Uh, or I shouldn't even say even speculate. I can attest the number one complaint that I that I get from people is you should have let Lugo finish his verse. Yeah. Can I can I talk, can I <laughs> rant about that for a second? Sure, it's very fitting since you were just talking about it as a piece of theater. Yeah, here's here's the thing. I am very I mean, this happened 
primarily at Nerdapalooza, I was stopped every five minutes by fans of yours coming up to me saying that they loved my bit on on um, intervention. Inter- intervention. And, and that they were really, really sad that I never got to finish, that you had cut me off. I think it's adorable that these people believe that I actually had lines beyond the bit. To the, the couplet that you wrote for me, <laughs> that that you had a notebook filled with this epic 16-bar verse that I was going to fucking lay into, and then you cut me off because the song was too long or the joke. No, that's all the lines I had. He didn't actually cut me off. The next line in the script is, whoa, 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 Lugo, what are you doing? Right. That's the next line in the script. Like, I wonder if the same people who think that also <laughs> think that the album was like, an audio documentary. Like I just set up some microphones in my apartment. One day I came home and like, oh crap, there are six rappers in Lugo here. Luckily I've got this beat. Hit it. <laughs> I think, I mean, I love, I love that song. Not because I'm on it, but because I think it's a, it's a, uh, can I tell the story? Sure. Uh, when, at, at some point in the process of your album, you were, you were, and then there's sort of like the beginning rumblings of having a narrative. you like, you hadn't really, fleshed it out yet you had plotted some things out like maybe you had an idea of some weird skits you were going to do but nothing was really set yet you were still kind of imagining this thing and you were you weren't complaining you were more like ruminating about there was something missing there was a thing here in the middle that needs to happen and you don't know what that is yet right and then you were kind of like oh maybe i could put this in here or maybe it's a skit and then and then you listed out of things that you could possibly do like you had a list of a laundry list of shit. Oh yeah, there were a bunch of song concepts that didn't yeah. make it on. Yeah, and then one of them, one of them was, and it was awful. And you actually tossed it out like it was a, like it was a dumb idea. Like I could have an intervention, I could do this, and I was like, whoa, 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 stop! <laughs> you should do an intervention song. And and the way I pitched it was, you should do an intervention song where you get all these people to come in, do a verse, and the only thing you do is sing the hook. Like you're, it's the one song in the album that you don't actually do. Like that's the easiest thing you have to do. Uh, and what you actually ended up doing, and you said no. You thought it was a dumb idea. Did I? Yes, you did. You said no, and then I kept... That doesn't I, sound consistent with our dynamic. You you have a good idea, I shoot it down, and then later do it, and claim it as my own? That's all the ideas. That oh, right, that is had, all of actually. the ideas. Sorry, Sorry go ahead. Um, uh, I would bring it up time and like every 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 so often about you know there's that intervention song you could do finally my little earworm of an idea dug into your brain and then you took the stupid idea i had and you created something far more meaningful and far more uh yeah i'm gonna say it beautiful than anything i could have come up with oh thank you you know it's touching it's heartbreaking it's funny as hell it has something to say and you and your last verse on it is is what that album is about ultimately for that me. is that is kind of the turning point yeah you know you know it also served a, that song served a dual purpose because uh rappers we tend to uh guest make guest appearances on one another's yeah. work um and i've you know i think i've done a verse with everybody on that on that song no i haven't done a verse for whitey okay but i've done a verse for cool z front a lot adam doc jesse sure um so when this album, when I kept talking for, you know, a year and a half to everybody, like, oh, I'm working on my record. <laughs> those guys all said to me independently, hey, man, just let me know if you need a verse. Or more specifically, I want a verse on your record. <laughs> but as this album became more and more personal, and right, yeah. I was like, well, I don't really, I don't. There's nowhere to put it. There's, there's nowhere no- to put on yeah. all of you guys. 
and at some point like i had this list of these rappers and i was like oh man they're all gonna be bummed out i'm am i alienating myself from all of my peers they all bring in all these guests and i'm like no guests and then <laughs> the seed that you planted uh was watered with these the tears of these rappers <laughs> And that all came together. <laughs> and then, ironically, I accidentally staged my own intervention because that yeah. I, I the the instructions that I sent to everybody was like, you know, you can go funny with it, you can go serious with it, you can do whatever you want with it. Jesse went very funny with it. He did very uh, funny. Everybody else went real with it, hella real with it, yeah. to the point that when I was like getting those individual verses back, the first couple I was really excited. Of course, the first one was Adam, and I got it within like two hours. <laughs> God damn that guy. Adam's a rhyming machine. It was like, no, not even just like a draft. It was like a finished, recorded, perfect verse. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So um, then I, I got it and I started listening to him and they'd come in. Each one was like, got a little bit like harsher. And I was like, ooh, this kind of sucks. It got to a point where like when the last couple came in, uh-huh. I would open my email, download the attachment and then just kind of pause for a minute. Like, <laughs> I don't steal- know how much of this I want to hear. <laughs> steal yourself. For it, and yeah. then I ended up having to talk to my real therapist about my song, about my fake intervention that I accidentally staged for myself. And then which turned into a conversation of, do you think you need an intervention? And I was like, oh God, this is too cyclical of like life and art and, um, <laughs> Uh, I want to go now. Let's just talk about a pet that died when I was a kid so I can go home. Uh, yeah, I think the one verse on there <laughs> that, well, the one verse that I think like kicks me in the, in the, in, the, in my, in my heart balls um, is uh, uh, MC Frontalots. Uh, and, and the one that makes me cry, Cool Z. Yeah. Cool Z uh, really went for the heart. Cool Z, cool when it gets to that point, and let me tell you, I'm going to tell you this right. I listen to your album at least twice a week. And really? I don't, yeah. And I don't, I don't, and I don't like pick and choose. I start it, it plays and it ends, <laughs> you know? Um, and every time it gets to cool Z, I'm like, Oh, fuck you. Cool. You're yeah. going to make me cry. God. I mean, of all the guys on there, he's the one that I've known the longest. I've known yeah, cool Z for obviously, obviously. 15 years. And, uh, we've just done a lot of stuff together over the years. So he was able to, yeah, he knew he knew which strings to pluck. Yeah, I also gave everybody instructions that was like, so you guys can write whatever you want. Uh, just make sure that every verse starts with "Hey Schaefer" mm-hmm. and ends with some variant of uh, "We're only doing this because we care." Something like right. something along those lines. So the, right. the language of an intervention. Sure. Uh, cool Z's uh, starts with "Hey Mark." Yeah. The only one. The only one. <laughs> and and ends with uh, the um, trying to make me afraid of death. So yeah. good job, Cool Z. You actually, I, and I, I mean that for real, like you you strayed from the instructions and you did exactly what Nailed I wanted. It. So uh, uh, you actually, it was perfect, it was a perfect ending. And the whole the whole album just builds to that. And um, and it's just, a, it's really good. You should be very proud. Well, thank you very much. I am. Yeah. Now, now let's, so then we went down to Florida. Yes. That was when I kind of first like was able to have those CDs in my hand. But, and I, and I, I did a show down there and it was awesome. Everybody at Nerdapalooza is always so nice. Oh my to God. Me. Yeah. I had, I had so such a awesome. great time. Yeah, yeah. You, this was kind of a special Nerdapalooza for you or Why's rather that? the whole trip was. Why is that? Um, because you, this was the first time you stayed a little beyond yeah. Nerdapalooza and um, you got to run your show. Yeah. You got to test out your show in front of audiences down there. Well, I got, I got to do a one night performance of my, of my show. 
of your show, yeah. Gathering the Magic. Gathering the Magic, correct. Um, well, and more than that, even mm-hmm. you went all you went all guerrilla style, and on the Sunday <laughs> of Nerdapalooza, it was in this big oh, convention right. center this yeah. year. So we found this kind of empty conference room, and you just tweeted out like, "Hey." Five o'clock Sunday, I'm going to do a magic show. Who's interested? Ton of people showed up. Yeah. And you just did like, you did like maybe like a couple of short stories and a couple of, a uh, couple of bits yeah. from, you didn't do the whole thing, obviously, no, no. but you did like, you did a, um, um, like a travel sized version of it. Like yeah, a sampler. I did, yeah. I did. I did a, I did like a 30 minute version of my, of my hour and 15 minutes. To show. a rapt audience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. And then you stayed and you did your show at the venue. Is that what it's called? The venue. The venue in Orlando. Yes, in Orlando. And how did that go? It went really, really well. I mean, I'm of of two minds of the whole thing. The the artist... Oh, I hate using that word. The... What? The, you're an artist. Uh, I know. The artist... It doesn't make you pretentious. That's just... That's... I know. I just don't... I don't think that's an accurate description of what I do. But for the lack of a better term, the artist in me I mean, was... wait. I just, I just want to make something clear here. Yeah. You, you wrote a play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're an artist. Uh, I, 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 actually, I actually prefer the term craftsman, to be honest. Uh, I prefer that. I oh, think... You make it a little more blue collar, a little less hoity-toity. Well, I mean, I think that's a more accurate representation of what I do. You wrote a script. Okay. For the stage. Sure. That's what an artist does. Fair enough. No, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. And actually, kind of, I respect you using uh, more accessible blue-collar language. I Well, no. I mean, words mean things. I mean, artist means a, th- a certain thing, and a craftsman means a certain thing. I, I don't think they mean the same thing, which is why I prefer craftsman. But we're going to get into a subject. All right, yeah, argument. we are going. Um, so th- the artist in me loved the fact that I got to do my show in front of an audience because at that point I'd only been rehearsing it in front of my director for like two months and so it was nice to to finally get it in front of people finally you know get real volunteers and do all the magic and do the whole show full out and it was wonderful and lovely and uh, uh, invaluable to me um, as a as a you know to to validate that I'm on the right track and also just you know just like, hey, this is a thing that I can do. You know, thank you. Um, the producer in me, kind of disappointed. Um, it uh, to be, it was a it was a, a ten o'clock, it was a ten thirty show mm-hmm. on a Thursday night. That sounds like kind of prime time. In New York, it is. Oh. Um, in in this eighty seat, <coughs> um, hundred seat theater, uh, about maybe twenty people showed up. Really. And what's wrong with you, Orlando? And here's the thing: like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dogging on it. I absolutely love the people that showed up. But I get where you're saying the producer in the you, producer, because of all of your years as a producer, yeah. all you're ever thinking is butts and seats, yes. butts and seats, yes. whatever you got to do to put butts and seats. Yes. So you, it's hard. It was probably trying to separate those two hats, yes. as it were. Yes. You're like, I'm going to go out there and be a performer, and yes. I'm going to deliver my craft to this audience. But that other part of you is nagging. You're like, well, what else could we have done to promo? Yeah. Butts and seats, butts and seats. I mean, that those 20 people got one hell of a show. They were entertained. They were thrilled. Everybody left there um, just raving about it and making me very feel very embarrassed with all of the compliments. Aww. Um, and there was even a guy there who I went to high school with who I hadn't seen in years and years and years. Wow. You know, and Cap was there. And, you know, hey, Cap, shout out to Cap. Thank you for what being What up, Cap? There. But, like, 
I have, according to Facebook, about about 100 to 125 friends and or fans in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, about maybe 10 of those showed up. Mm. And I was a little disappointed. I was, I, was, I was a little disappointed that... I'm a little disappointed in you too, Orlando. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, you know, he, I mean, here I was, one night only magic show. All of these people have independently told me that they want to see, they want to see my magic. They want to see my show, bring it to Orlando, bring it to Orlando, bring it to Orlando. And then when I bring it to Orlando, like less than a quarter of them show up. And, you know, I mean, again, I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would do it again in a fucking second because I would rather have a wrapped enthusiastic 20 people than a room full of people who didn't care. Absolutely. You know, any day, any day of the week, any day of the week. But it's sort of like, but but the producer in me is trying to sell this show and I'm trying to pay rent and I'm trying to pay bills. And so now I'm like, can I actually sell this show? Is this thing, is this a thing I can actually make a living from? And so it's kind of cast a bit of doubt um, into my head about it. I mean, again, this is all irrational and it's all way too early to start making these kinds of statements. But at the same time, it's But like, you can't help it. It's it's also the yeah. thing that you're working on, like, you know, because we kind of were having parallels. We were both working on a, a, something that we were viewing as kind of an opus for us. But it's also <laughs> very personal. That's, very that's personal. Very narrative vulnerable. tells a story yeah. about us and yeah. tell, reveals a lot about ourselves. So, yeah, you can't help but going to that kind of place. Yeah. To being like, oh, well— the number of Facebook friends I had in the city didn't wasn't fully represented. I'm terrible. Nobody's going to buy this show in New York. Nobody's ever going to see this. And I mean, I I know that you realize that that's yeah, that's was a re, an emotional. It's, it's ridiculous. Reaction. It's ridiculous to think that way. But at the same time, well, when's it open in New York? Um, I kind of lost my uh, venue. Um, I oh was, right. I was planning on a January run. And um, at the Tank Theater, um, because I had been asking for January dates at the Tank Theater since July, Hmm. uh, essentially, since um, I got out of the hospital and started writing this thing in earnest. And I was told over and over and over again, we're not, nobody's booking anything in July, nobody's booking July, the board is putting a hold on everything, you gotta wait. So, but every month I would check in. Because you, uh, you still knew that you had to check in. Yeah, and uh, and so then, um, but there's a you know there's a, there's a lot of turnover at the Tank Theater. Uh, a lot of people have left. A lot of people coming you know coming in new. Uh, board members are are being switched out. So there's a lot. There's a, the Tank Theater is in a transition period. Luckily, it's not going out of business because that would just be heartbreaking for another New York theater to go out of business. Um, so it's still there. Um, and so finally, it came around to like you know. And in October, I guess I kind of forgot to check in because I was busy with other things. Finally, I get to November. I'm like, oh, right, let me check in. You know, hey, I'm just looking for January dates. Um, I get told that the the earliest available date is late May. Which means that there were people booking shows. They knew. I'm not even going to get it. I'm not. I, I'm like, I'm just so flabbergasted I can't I don't have the energy to complain about it you you Uh, look defeated I do because now you thought they were you thought you had the tank in your pocket what with all of the incredible business you've given them over the years well yeah hey look 
I'll I talk shit. Look. look, I'll talk. You can be diplomatic. I'll I talk shit on your behalf because I don't have a working relationship with them anymore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, what did you do? I mean, you only like sold out that house with Epic Win shows a hundred times. So, I right. mean, they didn't really have any loyalty to you. No. Yeah, fuckers. Well, I mean, I mean, I do. I still do have an in. It's only, but it's not until late May. Yeah, but that doesn't. That's not the point. The point is that you'd already been talking to them for months about a specific time period. And right. And the thing is, I, I can't wait till late May. I can't. No. I can't. That's way too long. That's way too long. You got to start getting this thing on on stages. I need I need to start eating regular meals. Um. <laughs> okay. And paying my rent on a timely basis. Uh. Yeah. So now I'm searching for either a theater for a run mm-hmm. or. Well, basically, I have options. I can either do like a standard New York one-man show, two-week run, mm-hmm. right? Or I can find a space that will host me for one night a week. So it'll be an ongoing, open-ended run, like, you know, Catch Nelson Lugo at the, you know, Smorzig Board Theater every Saturday night at nine, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of thing. I can do that. Um, or I can just take it on the road, you know, just book it in other theaters across the country and just go. Um, all of those have benefits. All of those have pitfalls. Sure. Um, none of which are particularly attractive to me at this point. Let me tell you something from my experience. Oh, shit. <laughs> if my experience is any indication... Well, I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, if I play anywhere, right? anywhere outside right. of New York, boy, are they happy to see me. Yeah. If yeah, I that, play, that's exactly what I thought you were going to say. If I play anywhere in New York, nobody gives a shit. Well, no, that's no, not I true. Mean, it, but it's such a crapshoot that, like, I always I get to a point every now and then where I get kind of cocky, and I'm like, hey, I finally developed a local fan base because I'll do a show and like, yeah. you know, hundred people come out, and I'll be like, yeah. oh my god, after all of these years in New York, I can finally <laughs> draw a crowd. And the next show I do, even if it's like two months later on a Saturday night. I'll get like a dozen and I'll be like, oh, I guess I can't really predict how this beast behaves. Yeah. I go and you go anywhere else, man. Well, also go do a show in Lincoln, Nebraska. You will fill it. Well, that and and as from a producerial standpoint, I always make twice, three, twice to three times more money outside of New York as I do inside New York. Yeah. This just adds to my, to this just adds. This is just further evidence on the pile for my suggestion. That the city uh, ruins everything. Well, I wasn't going to actually quote my own song, but I was going to say that uh, this place is just fucking hell on earth. Here's here's the thing that New York is great for. There is something. Yes. Okay. For for artists, there's actually one thing. Ooh, the rats are so big you can ride them with saddles. Uh, no. That's pretty cool. You can't do that everywhere. That's true. That is cool, but that's not what I was thinking. Okay. The one thing that is wonderful for actors in New York that you can't get anywhere else, mm-hmm. New York Press. Ah, uh, yes. If you get a shout-out or a quote or a review in any kind of New York established press, that shit is like liquid gold everywhere else in the country. That's true. If you go on, see, here's the thing. If you go and, and you take the show on the road, yeah. you are going to get some audiences. You'll get some people that'll come 
based on write-ups in local press. That yes. like this this one-man show, this man from New York, sure. who's a, a actor, comic, magician, etc., storyteller. Right. They'll you know that'll lure some people out. By and large, when you go to these cities, you're going to get people who are fans of you from the internet. Yeah. People who know who Nelson Lugo is, and yeah. they're going to bring their friends, and they're going to come out. Uh, in New York. Um, it'll be, yes, people, you know, but all the people that we know are also all stage rats who are also all trying to get (laughs) stage time all the time. So it's hard to draw them out, but yeah, you're in New York. If you get like a good piece of press do like leading into the show, you are going to draw like an audience that isn't within your social circle. Yeah. And that will be delightful. Yeah. Because they will be going to it based on the the press alone. Well, that's, that's kind of what I'm. The only reason why I would do a two-week run, and let me tell you, I actually don't want to do a two-week run, but the only reason to do a two-week run in New York is so that you can get press to come out and say something about it. And then it can gain momentum by the time the two-week run is up. Exactly. I feel like your show would be a really great uh, date. I haven't seen your show, <laughs> but I think your show would be a really great date night. Um, yeah. That might be the kind of thing that somebody would look in the paper like, oh, hey, from work uh, do you want to get together Friday because I was just I just saw on time out that there's this looks really interesting this Puerto Rican wizard uh, is going to he's going to perform live witchcraft and also make us cry uh, yeah um except that except that now by the way let me please let me write your press release yes you, you you've already written it I'm just I just gonna, did I'm just going to read just going to transcribe this podcast uh my my show has hit a a um what's the word I want to use here? Deer? No. Oh. Uh you're not driving in the Midwest. No, okay. no, no. Uh it it hasn't hit a wall, but it's certainly hit a, a, a plateau. It's plateaued. In the in the sense that um what I learned after Orlando is that this show is very close to being exactly where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I don't think any more writing needs to be done. I think everything I need is right there, but there's some tweaks and some maybe moving things around. You just need to get it on stage. Yes, that's all you need now. That's basically you have it. you have direction, you have a script, yes. you have you have pacing. Yes. you've got it all figured out. But now you're just mostly running over it in your head all the time. Yes. Like, and some of these things you're not going to be able to figure out until you do them on stage a number of times. Well, that and well, I mean, there's a couple of things. Like, like my my director asked me the other day, "Hey, so um, now that we've rehearsed this a while and you've done it in front of an audience, um, what's your show about?" And I said, "Uh, <laughs> uh here." Your your director is like my therapist. <laughs> like she just asks the right questions to totally either inspire you or just make you question everything that you've ever known. Um, that question, and that's a big one. You spend like all year working yeah. on your one man show, and she's like, "So what's your show about?" And I, it's just like a million punches in the stomach. Well, it's basically I spent the better part of a week um, crying and tearing my hair out, trying to figure it out, and because. Originally, I just wanted to put together a stupid little magic show with some cute little stories in it so I can sell to, you know, the public and have it have as big a mass appeal as possible. What it's turned into is something that I never foresaw. I didn't see this happen. I didn't see this this narrative arc. I didn't see this, this, this you know, very personal, very vulnerable, very um, uh, uh, telling... Uh, story about this man's life, namely me, 
And so it's become something that I didn't know what it was going to become when I first started writing it. So I never stopped to think about what the fuck it was about. Now, <laughs> now that it's an actual piece of theater, I, I have to know that. I have to, I have to answer that question, at least for myself. And that's a question that I feel like that also may come about from doing it on stage. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at, at this point... Um, you find out how the audience reacts to the material. You find out how you react to the audience's reactions, and that kind of like might shape it emotionally. Well, ultimately, you talk about workshopping it. I don't think I, I would be comfortable, like charging an audience for me to work it out. You know, like I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I do that shit all the time. <laughs> I know you do, but your your songs are like what four minutes tops. Mine's like an hour and fifteen minutes at its slowest. Yeah, but your your whole show and one of my songs probably has the same number of words in it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe uh so yeah so my director and i were we're going over the script um because what i handed her was a piece of literature and what we need to do is get it into a performance script so right. it has to it has to read like how i say it rather than you know, I you know that clever turn of phrase that you know reads really well, but when you say it out loud, doesn't it doesn't feel doesn't it's not, feel, it doesn't feel clever anymore? Yeah. Um, and so we're kind of we're doing that, you know, we're, you know, and I'm getting the script ready for festivals and you know and stuff like that. And so um, I need I need to get this in front of a paying audience and have it be worthy of a paying audience, basically. Which is soon. Which is actually going to be very soon. Uh, I. I have mixed feelings about this. I, on one hand, I am like, I'm really kind of hungry to see what my best friend has been laboring on for months. <laughs> I, I want to see this show. You've I wanna, seen all the magic, I guess, at this point. Doesn't matter. Oh, well, okay. I'll watch you do the same magic trick 10 times in a row and I will still enjoy it. Oh. Because one, I have really uh, bad uh, memory loss. Sure, so sure. it's new to me all the time. Uh, and two, <laughs> I'm still 10 years old and I love magic. <laughs> Uh, and I don't, I don't care. So, but just knowing how much you've put into this, I'm kind of dying and I want, you know, I'm, I'm excited for you. I want to support you. I want to see like, I want to see the, the fruits of all this labor. On the other hand, mm -hmm. I kind of hope it does take you like five months to get it on stage. So that way we have five months of podcasts where I can start the podcast by going, <laughs> so Nelson, how's that show coming along? Huh? Huh? Is it done yet? You got a date yet? You got a venue? Huh? Huh? Because I want my revenge. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> but mostly, I want the first part of that. Not the second one. That was that was uh, that was just for comedy. Oh sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, I guess I guess you know, uh, 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 it's 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 really close. It's seventy five. No, it's eighty five percent done. There's that five percent that there's that nebulous five percent that's never gonna be done. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's a piece of art and you don't finish art. You just abandon it. So that, that, you, that, that's a George Lucas paraphrased quote, you realize. Is it really? Yes. Nice. Um, and uh, so there's basically 20%. And it's and it's and and I'm so close. I'm so there. It's it's all there. I don't need to do anything new. It's just a matter of of just really polishing this thing to a nice golden shape. You know that's 110%, right? Your math might be a little off. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not good at math. I'm a magician. Ah, uh, yes. Well, anyway, I wish you the best of luck, and I can't wait to see it. Sweet. All right, we've talked about my record. We've talked about your show. Let's talk about some other stuff that's been going on. 
Yeah. But well, before well, before we talk about all of it, yeah, I want we gotta we gotta back up and we just have to at least address one little thing. What's that? Uh, uh, Nerdapalooza. <gasps> Nerdapalooza. The 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 best thing and the worst thing about this year's Nerdapalooza. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to go, I'll let you take the worst thing because I already know what the best thing is. Well, best, I don't actually know. I want to know what your best and worst thing is and I will say what my best thing is. Well, I think our worst thing is both going to be the same. And okay. let me just speak for both of us on the best thing too. Okay. The best thing about this year's Nerdapalooza, we got to hang out with Epic Podcast number one listener, C. Muldrow. That is true. Yay, C. Muldrow! Not only, not only did I get to hang out with her, but like I hung out in a hot tub with her. Yeah. It was awesome. She was wearing a Batman bathing suit. I know. And she, oh, she's so cool. Uh, C. Muldrow, uh, uh, longtime uh, listener of the podcast and also just, just a, a delight, just an awesome person. And, I, uh, I, I was so thrilled and, and I, I got to, I got to hang out with her. We got to talk uh, music and nerdy stuff and uh, it was, it was a thrill to meet her. I was really, really pleased. Yeah. She's great. Uh, she also, um. She also sent me a bunch of really awesome comic books for my birthday. Aww. So, C. Muldrow, you're pretty much tops in our book, in case you didn't already know that. Hey, it's not my birthday, but um, I had cancer. Okay. You, I think that... Uh, wait, let me see the that card. Oh, yeah, it's expired. Damn it! Um, now, the worst thing about Nerdapalooza... Look, Ner- Nerdapalooza is awesome. It's awesome every year. I always have a lot of fun. Sure. Just get to see the fans. Sure. Get to see rap friends. Get to see... Uh, Nerdapalooza friends it's just a great time mm-hmm. um, so the bad news bad news the worst thing about it is that um, apparently the, the the fun train has stopped and this yeah. was the last Nerdapalooza the last Nerdapalooza um, yeah. there will be no more Nerdapaloozas I had a wonderful time for six years six wonderful years I like to think that I had something to do with it because they booked me six times <laughs> Perhaps there was a curse. Shut up. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to be part of the Nerdapalooza history, mm-hmm. um, both as, you know, both as a, a producer of Epic Win and just, you know, myself, Nelson Lugo, like, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I'm, we're doing a podcast on a nerd show network. Our cohorts on the other yeah, end. We got to see yeah. Jermaine. Oh, sure. What up, Jermaine? What up, Jermaine? How come we never given you a shout out? Uh, Oh, that's right. We've never given Jermaine a shout out. Um, I actually got to be part of the live webcast that was going on that oh, nice, weekend. Nice. But the best time for me is um, uh, uh, I actually got to hang out with one of my rap nerdcore uh, 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 favorites, uh, Jesse D. Oh, yeah. Um, Jesse Dangerously. And I actually got to. And I also sat in a hot tub with him. Yeah. And he also uh, <laughs> not only did I did I get to meet him and befriend him and be nerdy with him. Uh, he actually called me out on the carpet for some questionable, sketchy jokes that I did. That's right. You know, uh, it's one thing to just develop a friendship with Jesse. Yes. It's another thing to uh, be taken to task on your rape joke. Yes. By Jesse D. And so you know what? That's, it's kind of special. Like you should get a tattoo to no, commemorate no, no. I, I think I think it's fucking awesome. What well, is awesome? Because uh, um, I I said something that I that that obviously was a joke that did not land, and mm-hmm. because I told it incorrectly. Um, he called me out on it, rightfully so, and um, I'm either never going to tell that joke again, or I'm only going to tell it if it's fucking perfect. Um, but and, it was a very it was a very thoughtful discussion. Absolutely. It's not like he came at no, you. Bro. No, no, not no, at all. It was, uh... Not at all. And I'm 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 just I'm honored that he thinks highly enough of me to actually bring it up. Mm-hmm. Because if he didn't care about me, he would never have said anything. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love um, Jesse Dean. I love Jesse Dean. I, you know, I get to do, uh, doing my set is, is of course always fun. Uh, guesting at Nerd Blues is always fun because you get them all in under one roof. So you get to do <laughs> guests with all the people that you've recorded with via the internet. So oh, I got to do, right. I got to do cameos with Jesse D. Sure. And uh, my parents' favorite music. Sure. What up, Steffi? <laughs> <laughs> Robo Rob, Robo Rob, sure. Um, oh, man. MC Lars, <gasps> that's right. I also. Oh, we both did. We were we... both on stage with MC Lars. I, I, you did two songs. I did. I, yeah, we did do the Bruce Campbell. Yeah, cut down to, to just two rappers, and because Whitey uh, and Zealous weren't there. Sure. Um, and then I hyped on Mr. Raven, and you operated the puppet. I can't believe. Uh, as part of my life memories now mm-hmm. that I get to say that I operated a Raven puppet on stage with MC Lars and you, Schaefer the Dark Lord. You did it with Skill Kid. Uh, you might have a future in puppeteering. Oh, you think? Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm very, very sad that uh, there will be no more Nerdapalooza. But, that is you know, sad. That was but, a, I, I mean, look I, forward to that every I, year. So did I. I kind of planned my year around going down to Orlando because Orlando is not just a Nerdapalooza place for me. I have family there, friends yeah. there. Um, and so I kind of planned my whole year around it. I may go down again next year just to be there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I completely understand the necessity for needing to shut down. Shop, sure. You know, uh, and and I'm sure all kinds of armchair analysts have already picked apart information they don't have as explanations why. But oh, do you, if you. Yeah, yeah, I can confirm that because I have a yeah. Facebook account. Yeah. yeah. Um, and ultimately, if if you weren't there. And if you weren't a performer and if you weren't an organizer, you should probably shut up. Actually, yeah. if you weren't an organizer, you should probably shut up because oh, you, don't, you don't have all the information. Then we should shut up about it. Um, so let's talk about some nerdy stuff briefly. Oh, some pop culture that uh, we have consumed. Pop culture that we've consumed, some all comic right. books and movies, some video games. All right. Uh, where do you want to start? I am playing Batman Arkham Origins, ah. third installment in the Arkham series. I loved, I, I it is loved, a prequel. It has been shipped out to a different studio. It's no longer Rocksteady. Right. They sold all the attributes, so right. all the game mechanics are basically the same. I'm going to love this game because it's Batman. And I loved I, your Facebook uh, uh, post about it. What was it? It was um, – this. It basically you said this feels like an eight-hour DLC for Arkham City, but so what? Hashtag Batman. Yeah. Look, Batman Arkham Asylum is one of the most exhilarating video game experiences ever because it was the first time playing yes. this mechanic and really feeling like Batman. You're doing investigating. You're doing sure. you're doing combat. You're doing stealth. You're meeting all these bosses. You're finding all these little hint, all these little like Easter eggs for the Batman mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. Arkham City, even better. Yeah. Bigger, more content, more villains, more world. Awesome. This one, gone to a new studio, uh, even a bigger map. But the, the 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 magic's gone a little bit. It's taken a little bit of a hit. Like, it all feels very is much. Is it a like, bigger map though? Isn't it just? Oh no, it is bigger. It's oh, okay. definitely bigger. Okay, um, I haven't played it yet. So it's it's it's. I mean, it's great. It's more of the same. There's just nothing fresh about it. There's nothing new. It does feel like DLC for Arkham City. This uh-huh. game takes place. The whole game takes place on Christmas Eve. So. Not only does it already feel like Arkham City, it's snowing the whole time. It's like the same time of year. And, you know, you're, you're working your way through eight bosses that are like these assassins that have been hired by yeah, yeah. Black Mask to, uh, to kill the Batman. And you're Batman in his infancy. It's like his second year or first year or something as, sure. as Batman. So you're kind of like uh, walking through the game. And, the, you know, they've, they've already gone through a lot of the villains in the game. So they just like scrape in the bottom of the barrel. They're either making up villains like Copperhead. No, Copperhead's a real... Uh, they're either making up villains like Electrocutioner. Okay, 
yeah. or they're digging up D-listers like Firefly. <laughs> yeah. Not only me wrong. There's some good. I mean, there's you still got your. Well, bang. no. I mean, Killer Moth is a D-lister. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put Firefly as a D-lister. Um, oh, they can both just go away forever. I don't care. <laughs> I don't, they don't count. Still, it's still it's that it's that mechanic, that familiar mechanic. Yeah, but who cares? Gotham. Batman. It, it's Batman. I yeah. just don't care. It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat myself this holiday season, or maybe a dear friend of mine will get it for me for Christmas. Oh, wink! Wow, I hope I hope that friend is Winky listening to wink, the podcast, wink. so they'll know that that's what. Uh, that's what um, I've been playing uh, this game called. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, it was new to me when I started playing it. Um, uh, Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock Infinite. Yes. Uh, uh, I hadn't played it. Does Infinite mean the same thing as three? In this context, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and I loved the original Bioshock. Okay. Um, I I thought the sequel to Bioshock was okay. Okay. I wasn't offended by it, but it certainly wasn't a fun experience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I'm not going to dog on it because it was. I liked that story. I liked that combat. It was just more of the same. Mm-hmm. But there was something like actually like maybe like Batman, uh, the Batman game, but. Because it's not Batman, I'm not going to give it that kind of leeway. Um, and so going into the third one, I, ha- I really had no real desire to play it because one, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be burned by that whole Bioshock thing again. Um, and two, um, first person games make me nauseous. Yeah, uh, I get I get a little motion sick, so I can't play them for very long. Oh, you're so delicate. Uh, I'm not delicate. I you just are get- pretty delicate. I'm a I'm a delicate emotionally maybe no a, a, like a cat hair will send you to the ER. That's not delicate. That's I'm I'm infirmed. Okay. I'm, okay. 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 Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, um, uh, uh, I don't want to out him on the on the on the podcast. Good. You only have one dear friend. Yes. His name is me. Yes. He uh, he just gave me his copy because he had ju- he had just finished playing it, and uh, I. I was undeserving, but I took it and I said, thank you. And uh-huh. I started playing it and it's a shit ton of fun. It is a whole lot of fun. It's a complete, it is, you know, it, you know, rather, you know, Rapture, the city of Rapture was this dystopian hell on earth underwater. Right. Everything was junk and garbage and the city was dying and filled with monsters. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only time you saw someone is when they were trying to kill you. Yeah. Bioshock Infinite completely different, completely different. It's a it's a city in the clouds. Um, same concept, like you know, you have this um, zealot with you know uh, uh, weird ways of thinking about the world, and then just kind of secedes from society and takes a whole lot of people with him. Uh-huh. And and so you know you're in the sky, so it's bright, it's sunny. People are there. There's no there's no problem there. Like everybody's fucking happy there. Um, and so when you meet someone, they're like, oh, hey, how are you? How are you doing today? You know? <laughs> that is the opposite of rapture. Yeah. And there's all these people who are like, yeah, it's really nice. It's a really beautiful day here in Colombia, which is the floating city. And you're the asshole <laughs> coming in and fucking everything up. Oh. You know? Well, I mean, it's, it's weird in that. I don't think I'm spoiling anything. Also, I, this game's old. I don't know if I'm going to be spoiling anything. Anyway. Yeah, I, I was just kind of thinking about how we're doing yeah. like a critical analysis of a game that has uh, yeah. been on shelves for over a year. Yeah, basically, um, you 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 play this detective named Booker DeWitt, and you've been assigned this task to find this girl 
who's being held against her will and bring her back to New York City. Mm -hmm. And so, and you get there and um, <laughs> you, you do, <laughs> you have to do all kinds of weird things to gain entrance into the city, but everybody's fucking nice to you. And uh, um, the reason why people want to start killing you is because there is a scar on your hand with the, with the initials A and D. And um, this zealot who's taken over the city has put himself up as being this godlike symbol that people pray to him. People pray to, for, to him for guidance and forgiveness. And he has become a kind of a, a deity on earth because, he, he, because he's um, uh, a voice of God. And, and so he's been putting out prophecies for decades to these people who live in Colombia. And one of them is the false shepherd the evil influence in the, you will know this evil influence by the initial AD. Mm -hmm. And so everyone is trying to kill you because they think you're the devil. Okay. And uh, it's, you got some like religious zealotry. Uh, yes. You've got a uh, hysteria cult. Like head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, it's. I mean, this this game has a lot to say about about a sociopolitical, um, hypothetical America, you know, which is not, is it hypothetical? Not really. Uh, it's it's you know it's basically an America that would have happened if the Civil War never happened. There's rampant racism. There's rampant um, uh, elitism. Uh, there's a, a class system. There's all of these. You know. Um, things that any rational human being would find ab abhorrent and but at the same time everybody there is really nice yeah. and really pleasant and so there's this this wonderful dichotomy with the way everybody thinks with the way everybody acts and uh and you're basically there trying to get this girl and this girl has a supernatural ability and and this is the reason why i think you're going to hate this game okay <laughs> because this game oh, but, and first of all let me point out, i'm never going to play it Fair enough. Okay, but you um, tell me why I would hate it if I were to play well, it. Well, there's two things about this game that are already on your list of, of things that you just actively hate. Um, uh, time travel? Yes. Oh, good. That's one of them. That's one of them. Um, and forced steampunk. What, wait, what's, what's the difference between forced steampunk and elective steampunk? Because <laughs> I think that they're gunning for that second spot on that list. <laughs> Basically, it's uh, th there's a whole lot of steampunk time travel in this game. I happen to love steampunk, and I happen to love 
time travel as a plot uh, device. Plot device. So this spoke to me on many, many levels, and the ending of which really I loved a lot. Awesome. Um, so I played that. So that's a game. I give played. it a score of one to five pies. Oh, I would give I would give this a solid four pies. Hey, that that reminds me. Let's never start a rating system based. That's on the last pies. time okay, we will good. ever do that. By okay. the way. Well, that's great. I'm glad you. Uh... I'm yeah. glad you're playing an old game and enjoying it. Um, that, and also I played uh, Wolf Among Us, the new Telltale game. Right, from the people who made Game of the Year, Walking Dead. Yes, one. yes. And you know what? <sighs> I had fun playing it. I like it a lot. I don't love it. Okay. There's something about it that is a disconnect. And... Perhaps you feel your choices don't have as much heft as they did in, say, The Walking Dead? Well, yeah, that's maybe a part of it. I guess ultimately I think the, my problem with it is that this is an established story in the mm-hmm. Fables universe. And so my rationale is, well, do I play it the way the character is in the comic book? Or do I play it the way I would play it? Like there's that confusion. And also do I make the choices that are consistent with the canon of the story? That's bullshit. You're overthinking this. You play it the way your impulses dictate because well, you have to understand that like not everybody in the in the target audience who plays that game has read the books. No, obviously not. But but because but because I have maybe I would maybe say fuck all and do whatever you want. Well, like, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the reason why I just like it and not love it because because I have read the source material. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe someone who hasn't read the source material will have a better time of it than I do. Because kind of like The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead was a completely separate story, independent from the comic books and the TV show. Yeah. And so I didn't have any kind of qualms about playing it any way I fucking wanted it to. Um, and those choices kind of mattered in a roundabout sort of way. Um, in the same way that... Well, they definitely mattered. Well, they mattered in who would end up joining your party in certain situations. But ultimately, I don't, can I spoil the ending at this point? No. Nah. Okay, I mean, ultimately, the ending that we know still happens. <coughs> yeah. You know, like... That's... Look. Like, the, the choices matter. There are more things that happen other yes. than the beginning and the end. No, I like, understand that. But yes, I mean, your choices affect who ends up supporting you and, yeah. and or, or not supporting you. Or who's you. even around during most of the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But ultimately, they go to the same place. Everything goes to the same place. All right. That's all I'm saying. Do you um you're not watching the current season of The Walking Dead, are you? No. It's great. You're not you're no longer reading the comics, are you? No. Also great. <laughs> Walking Dead has just launched into its all out war storyline, which is going to be they've been building up to it for a year and it's going uh-huh. to be twelve issues. Uh there's, you know feels a lot like the governor prisoner stuff from like years but and years different. ago. But it's different. Um, there's a there's a group called the Saviors, led by a man named Negan, who is one of the fucking best written villains ever. He's so <laughs> good. And and then there's Rick's group, and they've teamed up with two other groups, um, and they're going to they're having this big war with them because blood has already been shed, and they got to shut this guy down because he's a menace and oh, blah blah blah. Oh, and also, if you look really carefully in the background, zombies. <laughs> Uh, it's mostly about this war between these two groups of survivors. And the thing that I like about it, I was bummed for a while because it felt like they were just kind of like retreading over the prison material yeah. years ago with the governor. But it's it's kind of taken its own shape. And I like now that they're doing these 12 issues of the full-out, of the, the all-out war story. 
Uh, they're going to be publishing issues every three weeks as opposed to once a month, which is great for me because I hate waiting 30 days sure. for 25 pages. Sure, and sure, sure. now uh, it's just kind of started and I'm excited. I just hope everybody dies. Everybody. All of them. <laughs> and they figure out somewhere to go with the story because at this point – they just keep it's like yeah we're we're survivors we found a new safe spot and now here's another group of um survivors are they allies or are they foes i don't know let's see how this unfolds and they've just been kind of repeating that for years so it'd be nice to see where it goes after this but i'm still holding out for him and i still love the book oh still love that series still love it awesome Uh, i'm also i've been reading um the trades of from dc uh both animal man and swamp thing oh um written by uh, animal man by uh, jeff lemire swamp thing by scott snyder sure um i never thought that anything (laughs) any of either one of those characters uh, mythology would speak to me and i would ever really care but for anybody who has issued a blanket <laughs> statement on the internet? Because um, I know, I know how you love your brand loyalty. PC, not Mac. Xbox, not PlayStation Four. Marvel, not DC. I know how everybody loves sure. to just like you, you. You pick one, yeah. and you defend it. Yes. You hold up a flag, and we're in a tribe, and blah blah blah. For anybody who like just jumped on the bandwagon, been like, "Fuck DC and fuck the new Fifty Two. That's crap." I always want to say to myself, "Oh my god, that's amazing that you have had enough time that you have read." 52 series that you don't even like so that you can make that informed decision. <laughs> Basically, if you're going to hate on DC, that's great that you love mutants. That's awesome that you love Deadpool. I uh, Great. There's so much great stuff coming from Marvel. And I know that it's so fun to like bash on DC these days. Sure. Because, you know. It's easy. Because they're nothing but like public relations errors every step yeah. of the way. Yeah. But before you can condemn everything that's going on in the DC universe, you owe it to yourself to read the Swamp Thing and the Animal Man trades and realize that there is something magical happening in those books. I, I just haven't read anything quite like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I yeah. just finished the, the third trade of Animal Man, and it's kind of that one's starting to kind of like peter out a little it bit. It petered out on me a little bit because they brought in all these other DC superheroes, and I don't uh, want them in this world. Uh, but Swamp Thing is freaking excellent. So you read this, you alternate. You do an animal man, you do a swamp thing. You do an animal man because the swamp thing is your dessert. A giant green lush dessert with Abigail. So read those books because um, Swamp Thing, man, or as I like uh, to refer to him, Swampy. Swampy. Is really good. Um, I actually got the volume one of the uh, trade of the new 52 Batgirl. Oh, yeah. And Batgirl was one of those titles where I only read it when there was a tie in that I needed to read. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with the whole Joker um, death of a family yes. crossover. Yes. And I like what I read, but um, but I only read it because it was a crossover. Right. And so because I'm, on, because I'm such a comicsology whore right now. Does on, that mean comicsology gives you money and you have sex with them? Almost. I, okay. Yeah, I give them money. And, and they give you product. And they give me I think product. that just makes you a consumer. Fair enough. Okay. I am a consumer. I am a... a customer. Even. Unapologetic fanboy okay of comicsology okay um and they were having a, a dc um first volume sale Ooh. and a bunch of the first volumes were like really cheap like four bucks for like volume one and so i went and i bought um the batgirl and uh volume one and uh what was it the flash mm-hmm. uh, volume one and i was really pleasantly blown away by both of those titles yeah. Um, Batgirl is she's written so amazingly. There's well. there's so there's a good, good creative team on Batgirl. So good and and it it makes me. 
I, I read Batgirl and it's like, oh, this is why people love Spider-Man. You know? Why? Because because she has real world problems. She has real world anxieties and neuroses and she fucking overcomes it to the to to get the fucking job done. Yeah. You know, and she acknowledges she's not the best person for the job, but she's the one that's there. It actually fucks up quite a bit. Yeah. In the in the sense it relaunched. Yeah. And and she owns her mistakes. And I remember there was this one scene. God, and that brother of hers. Am I right? <laughs> There's that one scene where um, in the in volume one where Dick Grayson comes to like, hey, what's up? I see you got the I see you wearing the, the, the uniform again. And she beats the ever loving shit out of him um, because she knows what she's doing. Like she doesn't like to be checked up on. She doesn't want to be treated special. She doesn't want people to treat her like she was a fucking invalid. Right. Um, they also had some history. Yeah, exactly. And so, which is why she has permission to beat the crap out of him. Um, well, she has the permission to beat the crap out of him because he's Dick Grayson. <laughs> Look, I don't like Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson doesn't like you. Okay. Yeah. That, and I just fucking love The Flash. I think The Flash is, yeah. they're going back to Barry Allen and the criminal forensics and yes, all of that. Yes, 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 yes. That and a brand new comic book I'm reading, Sex Criminals. Oh, yeah. Sex Crimes. Sorry. Sex, no, Sex Criminals. Yeah, I hear it's good. It's so good. The title is real sketchy, but it's got nothing to do with what you think it might be uh, dealing with. That's what I've heard. Um, It's about this woman who discovers that every time she has an orgasm, time stops. Hmm. And um, For how long? Well, it depends. Because that wouldn't actually make sense if their time has stopped. (laughs) It depends. Like, basically, it it lasts until her uh, euphoria subsides. And then time starts up again. Hmm. So the more intense the orgasm, the longer the time has stopped. Um, and she thinks she's the only person in the world who can do this. And uh, 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 so she meets this guy at a party and <laughs> they, they, you know, he says all the right things and she says all the right things and they're getting quite smitten with each other. And he's funny and she's funny and they're really kind of like falling for each other and they hook up that same night, which is a thing they don't really do. And they both discover that they both have stopped time because Whoa. they're both walking and talking. Because they both came. Yes. And and uh, and then they turn to a life of crime. Uh, and that's how the first book ends. <laughs> and the adventure goes on from there. Uh, it's it's hilarious. It's funny. It's um, It talks about the same kind of like questions and anxieties we all had when we first were discovering our sexuality and the first time we had orgasmed and all of the like wonderful and scary things all about it it's really really intelligently written you know you and warrock both speak highly of it yeah so i'm gonna check it's it it's really well written i have I, I i applaud it for being really really brave it's not for everyone because it does deal with some very adult subject matter in a very matter of fact kind of way good i like that you know um and it doesn't really pull any punches. You know, it makes fun of the fact that we're all terrified of orgasming when we first do it, you know. Um, and But it's so funny and so good. And and the art's really wonderful as well. Awesome. So. Pick it up. That gets, That's Lugo's pick of the week. Have you read Chew? No. I've start, just started reading Chew. Uh, <laughs> based on the recommendation and the generosity of C. Muldrow. Oh. Uh, Chew is a detective story. Uh, main character's name is Tony Chew. Uh, and he he's he's like a kind of hard boiled detective, and he's got this power where when he eats things, 
he gets psychic impressions from those things. Oh. Like if he'll eat, he'll eat a chicken and he'll learn about where that chicken, when it was alive, where it came from. So he will have to investigate murder scenes oh, no. by like nibbling on the body. <laughs> it's such a bizarre <laughs> premise for a comic book. I'm going to let you read it yourself. Okay. Thanks, C. Muldrow. It's great. Oh, I went and saw Thor, The Dark World. I haven't seen it yet. Don't don't tell don't say anything much about it. But I guess you you and I actually have very similar tastes in movies. We actually happen to like a lot of the same movies. Yeah. Uh, did you like Thor? I liked Thor. Did you love Thor? I loved Thor. Kenneth Branagh's Thor. I loved Kenneth, the first Thor. I loved it. Okay. I can't on. get enough of it. Thor: hold The on. Dark World. Thor: Thor: The Dark World. I liked it. Yes. You liked it. Yes. You don't love it. I it I it didn't have the same kind of magic for me that the first Thor did. Okay. That said, it's still, it's beautiful and it's exciting and there's great characters. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. Oh, okay. I went to the first Thor and I was like, I didn't even really want to see it because I had never given a shit about Thor as a comic book character (laughs) and thought it was preposterous that like, well, this Marvel, they're really sticking to this whole Avengers thing. They're actually going to do a Thor movie because that's going to work. Yeah, I remember remember saying that too. I was such a skeptic and that movie worked so well. Doing like Framing Thor as a fish out of water in in, in our world was beautiful and Loki and his relationship was beautiful and the Shakespearean (laughs) nature of Kenneth Branagh. It all worked and it was was beautiful. I loved that movie so much. Um, and I liked this one. I didn't like it quite as much, but you know, it's uh, like any of the sequels in the in that the Avengers universe. Sure. And they've, so far, they've all kind of taken hit, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't think Iron Man's recaptured the magic since the first one. And uh, um, I don't know. I thought I thought the, I thought the third one was really really do- done very well. It sure was. I actually love the third one. I, th- I did too. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, I, it just didn't do the same thing. For That's me. true. That's true. Um. Yeah, I get. We saw Superman together, uh, and we enjoyed it. I loved yeah. it. We so did I. I loved it. I, I loved, loved it more the second time. I loved it more than Thor: The Dark World. There you go. I loved Man of Steel. Uh, I thought I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know why people hate on this movie so hard, but I thought it was great. Well, because some people seem to mistake nostalgia with being indicative of higher quality. <laughs> I thought it was great, and I can't wait for Batman vs Superman because. Uh, I'm now Zack Snyder has shown me this this world with Clark Kent in it and Henry Cavill Cavill how's that pronounced I have no who idea who gives a shit I thought he was great as Clark here's the thing I, I was very very nervous about Man of Steel going in because yeah. I love Nolan's work not I think I think Zack Snyder's inconsistent for my tastes okay <clears throat> there are people who would argue vehemently about that with me but you mean um, Baxter Keith well he, one he's one among many um Really? Because I don't think there are that many people that are that passionate of fans of <laughs> Zack Snyder. Um, I am not a big Zack Snyder fan. I thought I, I liked a couple of his movies. Loved Watchmen. Loved Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, the, those are actually those are the two that I would have mentioned. I love those two. Didn't movies. really care about Three Hundred. Didn't see Sucker Punch. Um, I think his his over the top style of directing is works in certain situations and doesn't work in other situations. Well, and and the moment I heard he was directing. Man of Steel, I got very, very nervous. But then I was also uh, uh, reassured that Nolan was going to be attached to it. And I'm like, okay, well, if you combine um, Snyder's uh, ability to tell very large, epic, sweeping stories with over-the-top filmmaking with Nolan's grounded storytelling, he might actually be able, this might actually be able to do something. And I was 
Right. I thought it was great. I thought it was, I, it was the perfect combination. It was wonderfully. It cast. was like putting like peanut butter in my chocolate. Yeah. It was wonderful. I I thought I and and now I'm like yes, go ahead, do the do the Batman Superman film. Yes. Yeah. You oh, have, I can't. Bring you have my full confidence it. now. Open it tomorrow. I'll yes. be there. Let's go see it. Yes. I don't even. Ben Affleck, yes. Draw it on paper. That asshole from Fashionable Mail, yes. Done. I cannot wait yes. for that movie now. Yes, I I am on board, as they say, uh, because haters are gonna hate. Yeah, that's all that's haters it. are gonna do. I saw that on a T-shirt. I saw that on the internet. I think we've done enough of talking about the stuff that we spend our money on. Yes. About you. How about we bring out our guest? Yes, let's do that. That sounds great, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Boys will be boys. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest on the program this month is a Virginia-based rapper. She is the member of a hip-hop trio and is also now hard at work on her own solo album. Please welcome to the show, Christy B. Yay, Christy B! Hello! In the flesh! Oh my gosh. How? <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, Christy B. It's fantastic here. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know I, you sounded a bit overwhelmed, and I know that that's how everybody feels when they are finally in the presence of known mage Nelson Lugo. <laughs> oh, shut up. Uh, so, Christy B., hello. Welcome. Hey. Uh, is this, uh, first of all, is, is this your first time to New York? Oh, no. Um, actually, I've been... I've been quite a few times. Uh, I went with chorus when I was in high school. I was a really big chorus and theater nerd. And so like we would go on our annual trip and it was my freshman year and my senior year we came up here um, and we competed. We compete every year. Um, and my senior year, I actually took gold back. We competed at the College of Staten Island. I oh, think wow. That's, yeah. And that was really cool. Um, and then I went on a trip uh, for theater the summer before my senior year of high school. And that was a lot of fun. And then I came up for a show and I stayed for two days, and that was crazy. So. <laughs> was it? Wait, was it a rap show? Yes. And you were in it? No. Oh, oh. You were oh you were a civilian. I was a attending civilian. Yes. as an audience member. I was disguised. You were disguised as a common pedestrian. <laughs> yes, I was. I Not was disguised a as a very juggernaut. smelly, unhappy person. The second oh my. day. 
Yeah. Well, we didn't have a place to stay, so oh. we kind of just like what toughed was the, it what, out. What was the rap show? <gasps> we can bleep it. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Just say it. We'll bleep it. Out. What a laugh. Precious. So, <laughs> I wish I could have said it was something cool. Like, yeah, I went to like one of the Rock the Bells or something like that. Mm, nope. No. no. Yeah. All right. Well, be that as it may, I won't hold that against you. Thank you. Uh, so, what do you what do you want to talk about there, Shane? Well, um, I know, I know you got some exciting stuff to talk about. Sure. Christy B, you're a rapper. Indeed, I am. You are a a a burgeoning rap star. You're burgeoning in that you're getting like more attention from the internet now. But you've been. You've been writing rhymes and recording rhymes for a while now. Yeah, actually. Um, the group that I'm in, the Nerd Lux, uh, it's the Space Jam-based name. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but... Oh, our listeners are definitely <laughs> uh, familiar yeah, with no. Space Jam. I'm totally being a smartass. But yeah, uh, we've been doing this for about like three years now. Um, and it's weird, like looking back like on all of our old material and seeing like how far we've come. And I mean, maybe our whole thing is probably like... 15 songs at most but still like you can definitely see the growth oh sure sure, sure. it's it's pretty interesting because i've never had anything to really measure it by so watching my trade i guess become a lot better than it was yeah. i don't know you can yeah. just cut that out if you want <laughs> uh no nope it's staying in Babylon. uh no not at all and first of all i want to i just want to let you know now before i forget mm-hmm. that uh your contribution to Sick Passenger, your collab on Sick Passenger. That has got to be in the top three songs of my favorite. Oh, thank it you. Really is. I fucking love I guess, yeah, boys. which probably, in the interest of full disclosure, Christy B does appear on my most recent record on a song called Boys. Yes, yes. and I fucking love Boys. Love it. Oh, and it thank just, it was, you. And having, having known you on the internet, because you are now my internet friend who's now transitioning into an actual in That's real life friend. That's been happening so much lately. It's uh, so awesome. I know. And and just hearing hearing your thing and and hearing the stuff from Schaefer and knowing that you two were collaborating on this. And I just want to say congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was like a really big honor to be on that album with not only Schaefer, but like a lot of other people that I really look up to. And I mean, honestly, it's been kind of weird transitioning from the whole fangirl, I love all this music to, <laughs> hey, I'm one of y'all now, what's up? So yeah, it's like, I don't really know. And sometimes I have to just ask him like, so is it cool if I say this now? And of course he's just like, oh yeah, it's totally fine. Why haven't you been saying this all along? Oh yeah, I'm just I'm a, I'm just constantly like encouraging you to just go hog wild with the, uh, <laughs> I am your reason to live now to the audience. Let them know their well, place. Well, one song that I have recorded already, I make a pretty bold claim. I guess you guys will find that out. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. yeah, pretty bold claim. So, uh, it's so yeah, so true. It's so yeah. I mean, you said you're talking about how like you've done this transition from being like a fan of a lot of these rappers to now being like a colleague of them. You've over you know the past couple of years, you've really kind of developed friendships with a lot of these rappers that you mm-hmm. used to just listen to, and now, and a lot of that has come from playing shows and hosting shows oh, for a lot of them. Yeah, you've um, talk about that. Talk about these. Talk about some of these rappers that you've that you've uh, sort of hosted. What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean by hosted? I used to help run a DIY space down in Virginia Beach, um, and it got shut down, rest in peace. Oh, well, they couldn't renew the lease, so I mean, I guess it all kind of like fell together in a horrible way. But Oh, like a, like a music venue, basically? Yeah, oh, it was okay. a practice space slash venue. Um, and then like we can also book at like different places at the oceanfront, or sure. rather, um, the first time that I actually became friends with rappers in real life, aside from my bandmates, uh, was when we did the Chicho show for the No Friends tour. 
Oh, and yeah. No Friends is a really big deal. Yeah, you you went to the No Friends show. Yeah, I fucking love that show. Yeah, yeah. it was a that blast. Was a great show. And actually, it was a uh, Tribe One or Niles, as I so lovingly call him. Uh, he actually was the one who reached out to me, like on Twitter, I believe. It was a private message, and then he was like, "Yeah, we want to roll through Virginia Beach. What you got for us?" And I'm just like. Oh my god! So like I'm like with the guys. I think we're in the middle of like a craft store, and they're like playing with dinosaurs in the kids section and stuff. I'm just like, you guys, look at my phone. Look what he just said to me. And then of course we all flipped out, and it was really cool. So um, that date finally came, and we all met each other. I guess in the parking lot before the pizza shop, and we were all just like really hype on each other, high fives and hugs and whatnot. And that was yeah. So it was uh, Niles, Jesse Dangerously, yeah. Adam Morak or Eugene, and then Michael Kill. And then uh, <laughs> Niles and Michael have actually been to my house a whole lot. Like, we keep bands there frequently and yeah, stuff. So, yeah. I mean, like, they just, like, roll through. They're like, hey, we're on our way on a trip. Can we stop by? I'm just like, yeah. They actually played a hotel show for us when we were at NecoCon. Oh, nice. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. The last time that they stopped through, they were, yeah, they were just traveling kind of out of for pleasure. They were just traveling <laughs> to see shows. And, yeah. But you still put, put together some sort of performance for them so they could do a hotel yeah. show at NecoCon. And it was so cute. They were so polite about it, too. I mean, like, every time that we go to any convention, we end up uh, doing a show in the hotel room. I don't know if this is incriminating by any <laughs> means, but we never stay in the same hotel twice, so that's cool, I guess. Um, but, yeah, and they were so polite, and they were just like, yeah, we're going to, like, whisper some of this stuff. So, like, when he's doing kaiju, and he's just like, crush, kill, and it's just like really cool like really quiet and like I'm on the bed just like like we could just yell we could do everything we want not true but I mean like they're being really polite and you know respecting their surroundings which is totally awesome but every time we have a hotel show and I'm like it's pretty crazy and they were actually our first guests at a hotel show so shouts out to that that was awesome these I saw these pictures from the from the NecoCon hotel show and it was um, man it looked like a blast yep and related to it being a blast Michael Kill is there. <laughs> he is so awesome. And I'm not, not bad-mouthing Michael Kill. He's a uh, lot of fun. I, uh, yeah. I, I've, I've actually gotten to know uh, Adam Warrock, Eugene. Um, we, we, hung, we hung out a bit at Nerdapalooza. And, and we drunk text each other now. And That's adorable. Uh, and he, I, I, I completely concur. The, the man's a fucking sweetheart. All of them yeah. are fucking sweethearts. And... It's just, it's just so nice to 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 meet artists that I admire and listen to, and then find out not only are they great musicians, they're just great human beings. Agreed. And, I know, love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all too often, you, I, I, my experience is you should never meet your idols because you'll be sorely disappointed. And <laughs> I am always surprised that at least at least the the, the nerdcore. Uh, artists that I love are just genuine lovable guys and lovable women and just really wonderful people. So. It's specifically like this particular like crew from that scene, like the you know the the No Friends crew. And, yeah, um, the first generation of nerdcore, I guess. Well, actually, no, that that wouldn't be the first generation. Oh, that's right. The first generation of nerdcore. If you really want to go back to like the early Rhyme Torns days, and take, oh, that would be take front. it back to like 2007. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, front and front's a great guy. What up, Damien? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know why I'm sending a shout out. There's no chance he listens to this. No, he doesn't. <laughs> listen to this at but all. if you go back to like the, what would actually be considered like the first generation of nerdcore, uh, a lot of those people are still around. They're still doing music. They're yeah. still doing shows, and a lot of them are total fuck faces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not calling out anybody's name. No, we're not going. 
Um, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of shits out there. Right. So, so, so this I is guess, like are they like the second generation? Then the, we'll, we'll call them second wave. Second wave. We'll call like Eugene thought criminals uh, tribe. Um, we'll call them all like second wave. And boy, they're nice. They came to the game <laughs> with like yeah. with like yeah good social politics and manners <laughs> manners and respect ethics and morals fun rhymes oh yeah humility and mad skills uh I and have, that is now the that yes. is now the generation of uh nerdcore to which uh, That's the, you are now uh, comfortably carving out your own niche yeah so, so, so uh, uh christy b uh may, may i call you christy or miss uh, b you can call uh, me christy miss b if you nasty oh nice. i knew Nailed you knew it. i was gonna do it nice I hung a meatball over home plate. You knocked it out of the park. Um, so, uh, Ms. B. Oh. Uh, so, what's it like uh, being uh, Schaefer's Padawan uh, <laughs> uh, learner? I, I, on, on your way to becoming a full Jedi, uh, what's, it, what's it like well, working under the auspices of the Dark Lord? Actually, I would become a Sith Lord, and I think we've discussed this already. I was going underneath code. Can I? Can I? Say this now, finally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was Star Killer. I don't know if anyone cares about Twitter, <laughs> but I was Star Killer that Schaefer the Dark Lord was tweeting about. Yeah, we were when we first started working on Boys. Even before we started like really working on the song, just Boys, like in the embryonic stages of we everything. Were like, yeah, we kind of had this like uh, online uh, mentor mentee um, relationship, and I did like sometimes. Well, I, I think it was specifically when we started working on the song. I would like mm -hmm. make because you know I love vague. <laughs> vague language on no. social media. I, I you? Get out, I know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I made references to Christy B as Starkiller. Um, Still kind well, of kicking remember, myself that's not my MC name. Well, I remember, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad it's not your MC name. Oh, I'm yes. so glad. Christy that's, B is yeah. way better. Um, I, re I remember when, when you guys were, were first talking and uh, Schaefer was getting so very excited about Aww. raps again because he was quite, actually, you were quite despondent and quite sort of uh, sort of down about listless, even. Sure, we'll we'll go with listless. Um, <laughs> but just generally unexcited about the craft, and uh, it was it was you, it was you, Ms. Ms. B. Jeez, uh, I didn't that, know that. That kind of like well reignited his passion for the craft because because ultimately Aww. it's sort of like I'm finding it with myself, you know, it's it's one thing to to be in your craft and create art from what you know and, and your heart. But it's another thing, you learn so much more when you are teaching it to someone else, when you are, when you are answering questions for someone else. And so. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's valid. I didn't, I didn't, I haven't taught Christy B anything. Well, no, but, but, like, you, but you were, maybe you like were a help. resource for her in a, in a time where, where she was asking questions. I'm like less right? of a teacher and more of a guidance counselor. Well, since the, she's right here, why don't we just ask her instead of us? No, well, I mean, we're it. building. We're, we're building up to that. We're going to have her come in and settle this. Okay. Uh... So now we have money on this. Uh, <laughs> who's right and who's wrong? Go. Um, I would just like to give my own definition, and you can take from that what you would like. Um, he was giving me pointers on how to book shows. I think that was like one of the biggest things that we had first discussed because I was getting really discouraged. Because as I said before. Uh, Maybe I didn't mention it in this interview, but I mention it frequently that Virginia Beach is kind of um, a place that doesn't really allow shows like this to happen. So it was that. It was huh. like him just like kind of like boosting my ego. And he's like, no, you totally got this. You can book shows there. Da, 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 da. Like, you know, so he was an he was a confidence booster and he answered questions 
But it was mostly me just ranting to him, I think, for a while because I was really <laughs> bummed out about stuff like in, in music and then in also just like booking and having to like cater to different needs of different things and having that like kind of bleed into my work. And I'm just like, I don't want to write sad music all the time. I don't want to do this all the time. And just like, no, it's okay. Like you just write what you write and it's going to be awesome. So he's, he's basically just been kind of like patting me on the back saying, no, it's okay. You go. Or like taking the training wheels off my bike. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. That's, I think that that's, cause wow. yeah, I, I, as far as like you already, you already came to the table with a, with a, with a pretty terrific skill set. Like, I already thought you were a great rapper. Um, and so there hasn't been anything, like, really as far as coaching you on your craft. You've got that. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, I obviously, within this whole recording experience, I mean, there have been questions that I've asked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, but I guess everyone has that. But I'm really lucky that I'm able to ask someone who's just willing to be like, oh, it's this, you know? Yeah. It's just... So I guess it's, I don't really know if I answered your question at all. Like if I settled that, I think I made my own definition. I was like, you guys both lose. Shot down. Nice. I'm just kidding. No, it's, it's good. No, no, that's, Look, that's I, generally I, how it goes anyway. I don't mind losing as long as Lugo loses too. Aw. Yeah. In fact, uh, it pleases me that he didn't win. I, I love being in the medalless bracket with you. That means no medal. I don't... I feel like there should be like an awkward hug after you say that, like just like being in the medalist bracket with you, just like really awkward, just like. I don't allow him to touch me. Oh, okay, no that's touching. A, that's a thing that doesn't happen. No touching. He won't even call me by my first name. Yeah, I, I have never called Schaefer by his first name. Oh, I like forced you to do it once, and you almost cried because it felt <laughs> oh, so awkward. I did not cry. Use your face. Is your face? Your face made a fist. That's yeah. how. Yeah, you that's were... true. <laughs> That's so true. Weird. It was like it was like biting into like a rotten sour apple. It yeah. was like you know, with a worm in it. It's like no. I didn't realize it was that difficult. Everything about you is difficult. <laughs> uh, Christy, obviously, everything. Every that's true. <laughs> you make it so hard to love you sometimes. Hey, we've got a guest. Sorry, Christy. Hi. Hi. Um, so, some of the. Some of the material that you've done previously, and again, the the rap trio that you've been a part of that you've recorded with to date is the Nerd Lux. Uh-huh. There's been a focus on, um, or not really a focus, but there's been a lot of references to nerdy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, the name itself being a reference to an animated, uh, Warner Brothers animated slash NBA crossover film of the mid-90s. Um, I think qualifies. <laughs> um, but, and I, I just know from like knowing you that you are, um, you of course have your own various pop culture obsessions and the, uh, the things that, that you geek out on. So what are some of the things that, uh, that make you crazy? What are the things that you collect and obsess over and okay, dig into? Okay, gosh. Um, well, I'm a really big Star Wars fan. I think that goes first and foremost. In and your then- face, Lugo. What? what? <laughs> I'm sorry. How I, thought, that I thought, in my thought face? it was three years ago and we were still doing those debate shows. Oh, but... shut up. <laughs> um, and also Scott Pilgrim. That's a huge deal for me. I've cosplayed as Ramona Flowers twice now. So I, I am a huge, like I said this before earlier, I'm a huge fan of your cosplay. Thank you. Uh, I, I stalk you on the Instagram um, yes. regularly and I am a huge fan. Now, are you, like your Scott Pilgrim fanness? is it, uh, what are your thoughts on the movie? Because that's a polarizing thing for most 
I actually really thought that it, I think that it took the books and it made them very easy to digest. And I think that it was, it was colorful. It was brilliant. It was fast. It was witty. It was everything about the books that I liked. And it was all summed up into something that I can just like watch and just like lose myself in for like however long it is. It's amazing. And I mean like, and I saw it opening night and like my cheeks hurt. Like when I left the theater, I was just like geeking (laughs) the whole time. And like my friends, we're stoked on it too and I was just like well I'm gonna go see it again in theaters and you know like I wanna be able to get the DVD when it comes out and oh by the way I'm totally gonna be Ramona Flowers for every convention ever <laughs> except I wasn't like I've only done it twice but whatever um, but yeah no I and I love the books too so I mean like it's really one of those things where I just love the whole uh, franchise I guess sure cause sure, Brian sure. Lee O'Malley is a genius and his book Lost at Sea is also amazing it's like it his first one I don't know it. Oh, really? Yeah, and then he does this like little thing for Hopeless Savages. It's like this little, uh, it's a story about a punk rock family. It's also cool. He does like one story in this like big book full of tons of stories about this same punk rock family. Oh, pretty neat. Cool. Check yeah. it out, listeners. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, I've also I'm, I'm also a big fan of your Rogue uh, cosplay. Oh my gosh. Uh, are you? So obviously you're you're a Marvel head. Yes, I am. Oh. And I play I cosplayed as Scarlet Witch too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Wanda yes. Maximoff, y'all. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I, I'd seen. Yeah, pictures of both the Scarlet Witch and the Rogue cosplay. I think before we. Your 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 Rogue your Rogue is is quite impeccable. I Thank I'm, you. I, I really. I have think to she's now just evolved into the variant Rogue because I'm too lazy and I might partake in too much to drink at conventions to actually put on the whole one piece so (laughs) is that a good way of saying it yeah Yeah. Yeah, um yeah yeah. no so i actually just do like the whole skirt and like you know punk rogue thing wear the docks and all that but the wig makes it yeah the wig and the gloves the franken wig -wig, that's what i call it i i (laughs) sew wigs together man you have to make it huge and then when i put the wig on it's like it takes me over. Yeah. Like I, like that wig is just, it sucks all the life out of me and it gives me this own like sassy personality that I just like walk around a convention threatening to take my glove off at any guy who looks at me wrong. Yeah, I feel I, like there was a whole series of pictures of you just killing characters <laughs> from other universes. Like I, I, recall a picture, I recall a picture of Rogue taking uh, Robin down. Yeah. <laughs> That's, oh, I love that one. Yeah, he was he was so precious too because like he was really stoked on my friend. Uh, she did Chell from uh, Road to El Road to El Dorado. She did Chell, and he was just like, "Oh, cool!" And he was like, "Oh, Rogue!" And I was like, "We should get a picture together." And he was like, "I want a picture with you." And it was his idea for me to suck the life out of him. And I was like, "Sweet, let's do this." So <laughs> I know it's so much fun going to conventions and actually having like really positive experiences rather than I've never had a bad experience. I've met some shitty people at conventions, but I've never actually had like a whole souring experience. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. yeah. Because I, I often hear of. Most, not most, but a lot of women's experiences at conventions being pretty sketchy. Uh, yeah, I. I'm, I'm glad you you avoided all that. Yeah, I think that for I mean, NecoCon is down in Hampton, and I think like it's pretty small, but like it's actually been you know gaining momentum through the years. And uh, Front a Lot actually played there last year. Oh, or awesome. yeah, was it last year? No, it was two years ago because it was the year that I went as Scarlet Witch because I was definitely in the crowd as Scarlet Witch during Front, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's been gaining momentum and hopefully there will be more nerdcore acts in the future there. Like that's what I'm really going to try to 
gosh, yeah. perhaps um, perhaps a young rapper from Virginia Beach may one day <laughs> play a show at NecoCon. As if she doesn't have a reputation already for playing hotel shows. Well, right. Look, you, that gives you an extra in. That gives you clout. I, you're not just uh, you're not just like a regular attendee, but no. you uh, you are like known in the circle. You have cred. Cred. Can, is there like a physical thing that I can have for this cred? So I'm like, can I cash this in at any time? Oh yeah, uh, Lugo will print you up a, a, a voucher. Yeah, excellent. It'll you you might get a like an extra scoop of ice cream at the uh, Dairy Queen. And I, also, I don't know where the hell you're going to pick up a cred voucher. <laughs> that was me suggesting that you don't have any kind of cred. See, that, would, <laughs> that would be see in in that awkward silence. That's where you would uh, insert cricket sound effects. Okay, I'll do that. Or maybe that weird uh, drum noise, that doom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's uh, like the best sound effect so ever. So you, you are here in New York City. Indeed. Um, at these, the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens. And you are working on some raps um, mm. for an album that will be released pretty soon. Uh, is there anything that you can tell us about the album? A little sneak peek, a little teaser, a little preview. Ooh. Anything you want to, you want the fans to know? Oh gosh, I didn't anticipate this question. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no doubt, sure. Um, uh, actually, I do. Uh, so far, I have one guest on the album, and you have to guess who that is. MC Frontalot. Ooh, you're so close. Damn it. Mm -hmm. If it's not fun, I don't care. He's also old and pasty and has bad joints. Me? I'm not on the album. <laughs> you are not pasty either. I'm, I'm pasty for a Puerto Rican. Uh, is, that should be the title of your record. There you go. That's actually the title of my autobiography. I'm, I'm pasty for a Puerto Rican. The That's a fantastic. Story. That's money on the table right there. I thought I the title of your autobiography was going to be Mark's Friend. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> that actually got me. That's adorable. Um, but but uh, uh, so is is the album just a collection of songs? Is yeah, there, there's is not there a really narrative, concept. or is it just a concept album, or what is it? There's not a concept to it at all. Uh, it's just I found beats that I liked, and I had words, and then I actually I did a lot of writing up here too because of an unfortunate event that happened we won't discuss it um but yeah actually i've pulled a lot of excellent stuff together while writing in here i don't know if new york does something to me and my whole writing thing but that's cool there's a song on there that's going to be for certain pop culture fans there's a song on there um how <laughs> very nebulously vague yeah i have taught you well i know i don't i, I don't even i should have asked you what to say before this happened uh -uh. Um, no no then, you it vague i recorded a song last night that i pulled out of nowhere oh nice and it's kind of terrifying it's what's some of the hip-hop that you've uh been listening that gets you really hyped that that oh, really oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah what are your influences like influences you know, who, who are you channeling these days oh these days i mean like honestly uh first and foremost it's the beastie boys for me i mean like that's like my big thing like as a child growing up like that was like one of the first things like seeing it on mtv and like hearing it on the radio was really accessible and as i got older i completely like understood all the references and got really hype on it um and then my first two rap albums that i ever purchased it was uh Eve's album with that Love is Blind song so I think it was like her first like big studio album and then uh, Jay-Z's Blueprint those <laughs> are my first two big ones and nice. then my friend who got me into those also got me into like Bone Thugs and then I kind of fell off for a bit because my musical background is just like this crazy mixture of like 
show tunes and punk rock and classic rock and just a whole lot of stuff in there. Um, so I'm influenced by a lot of stuff, not just hip hop, but a lot sure. of the stuff that I listen to actually on the way up here, a tribe called Quest, Kanye West, love Kanye. Yeah. yeah. I know that's yeah. like one of those things people are just kind of like, hey, you like Kanye? And I'm like, yeah, I like Kanye. Um, love Wu-Tang. Uh, K-Flay is amazing. Oh, I, love I love K-Flay. K-Flay. Yeah, K-Flay's awesome. not listening to this, so I'm just going to say it. I love you, K-Flay. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's it. Yeah, I guess that's Oh, and I love Y. What? I don't know if you guys are familiar with Y. Yoni Wolf Y. Yeah, I, I really like <laughs> no, Y a whole lot. It's that? like weird. Um, it's It's weird indie hip-hop-y kind of stuff that is just like is easy to listen to not all the albums are actually like rap based but there's one album in particular alopecia um it's fantastic it changed me as soon as i heard it so yeah all right yeah that's like one of the new things that i really dig so it's not even that new but it's new for me so awesome so what's what's next for you i know i know this album is going to be pretty much your life for the foreseeable future mm. but like what's down the road what's what's the what's what's the next big project that you think you're gonna tackle um i think that hopefully the nerd Lux will actually have our full-length album sometime soon and if that doesn't happen uh which i totally think it will we might go on tour or maybe i might possibly go nice. on tour nice. i would love to do a tour and i've had offers from my rapper friends yeah 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 so oh, yeah every, oh. everybody everybody wants uh Christy B is a tour mate now. Are you kidding me? As soon as as as, as soon as Boys dropped, I, I like after listening to that song for the first time, I mentally said, "Oh shit, this girl's gonna work. This girl's gonna open for everybody." I would and then, love and to. then she's gonna and then she's gonna basically take over the world. Oh yeah, uh, this 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 rapper is going to like make me irrelevant in like yeah. a year's time. <laughs> all of us, all of us like old dudes are just going yeah. to be like. <laughs> Hey, well, you guys had a good run, but um, yeah. Christy B's blowing up now, and she's the one's getting all the bookings. And as well, you should. No, you guys, well, you guys if you guys are this... lucky, maybe you can get like an eight bar cameo on her record. Oh my god, <laughs> stop! I'm gonna turn you guys into like a league of like bitter like masterminds, and you guys are gonna constantly plot on me. The it's league like... of bitter masterminds. Yeah, it'll is be, that? It'll be like Michael killing me, sitting on a, <laughs> sitting on a front porch, talking about still talking about rappers that we resent who are all like dead now. <laughs> I swear to God, if I ever see that guy, I'm gonna knock him out. Shit. Awesome. Christy B, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. Once again, we'd like to thank our guest, Christy B, for stopping by Studio 6C this month. Uh, Rest assured that when that debut EP of hers drops, uh, we will post it in the show notes of whatever episode is out at that time. I love Christy B. She's another person that I've only met on the internet and then finally got to meet in real life. And that was such, such a treat. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I have two things to plug. Well, let's make it snappy because I grow weary. (laughs) On December 1st, Sunday, December 1st, I am going to be speaking at an atheist congregation called the Sunday Assembly. It is uh, an assembly of like-minded people. It's a godless Congregation where we get to sing, we get to hear um, in, inspiring stories, and we get to leave uh, 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 with a you know thoughtful and, and inspirational uh, messages. Oh, is this open to the public? Yeah. Oh well, thank. Oh, <laughs> wait, what? 
Oh, I see what you did there. Um, but they are radically inclusive. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist or a, a faithful believer. We welcome, uh, or rather, they welcome all peoples of all faiths, whether you believe <coughs> or not. And I think it's a, it's going to be a really good time. And I'm absolutely devastatingly honored uh, to be asked to speak. Um, uh, then on December 7th, uh, I am uh, producing and hosting Geek Boy Burlesque. Uh, it's going to be an evening of fantastic entertainment of scanty clad nerds lampooning or celebrating your uh, all-time favorite pop culture references. Um, special guest star, Schaefer the Dark Lord. The most clothed performer in the show. True. Well, I don't know. Other than me, maybe. Um, I'm going to, oh, well, I'll wear a poncho over a three-piece suit. Then, Just yes, so I then can you be, will be more clothed. You will be more clothed than me, yes. Or maybe not. Maybe I'll... Uh... Maybe maybe this is the show where you wrap uh, in wearing nothing but boxer shorts. Oh. Purple. I guess, I guess we'll just have to see, won't we? You'll have to come and find out on December 7th at our bar. Check out um, my Facebook post, my website, nelsonlego.com, for all the information. And please go buy my record. Please. You can get it at CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon, ShaferTheDarkLord.com, or ShaferTheDarkLord.BandCamp.com. Tell you what, if you can't actually afford it, call me, email me at EpicPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any fan mail, requests, questions, love letters, or want to send us pictures of your junk, you can contact us at EpicPodcast at gmail.com. Do you want to do you want to say goodbye in your Tom uh, uh, in your Hiddleston voice? Oh no! Oh right, I was going to show off my Loki voice. Do you do it now? Oh okay. Um, I discovered when I came out of the movie theater the other day because also I'd been uh, I'd done my record release show the night before, so I was a little raspy. But I sure. discovered that I could do a semi passable Loki impression. Go do it. Um, <clears throat> how desperate you must be to come to me for my help, brother. That's it. This has been the Epic Piecast, episode 15. I've been your host, Nelson Lugo. And I've been your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Be safe, internets. Happy Thanksgiving, nerds. Gobble, gobble, gobble. gobble. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Epic Piecast. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com slash store, or directly donating to the network. Any sized contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com slash support to chip in. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. More episodes of the Epic Piecast, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store. And for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. We're glad to be your home for authentic nerdy entertainment. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. 
Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.